On this morning, our message will be coming from the Gospel of Matthew, beginning at the 22nd chapter. You grab your copy of God's Word and meet me there in Matthew chapter 22. We will be reading from verses 35 to 40. Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 to 40. When you make your way there, you'll see words similar to these. And one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the laws and the prophets. If you've been with us, you know that God has been aligning our focus with his word. And as champion force, we advance, we, we, champion force advances the kingdom by making disciples loving our community, and strengthening the church. On last week, we talked about that first priority, making disciples. On day, we want to focus on our focus priority number two, and that is loving our community. Would you say that with me? Loving our community. That's what God is calling us to do. Father, as we have gathered here, As we've sung praises unto you and declared your holiness, your faithfulness, and your goodness in our lives. Help us now that we might see the truth of your word. That you might reveal yourself in your word and we might be strengthened by your holy word. That your word might find our minds and our hearts and our souls to be receptive soil. That roots might take place and we might bear fruit for your glory. Help us as your church to minister to all by loving our community well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, when a couple uh, met each other as they were students, uh, they met each other and uh, they they fell in love. Fell in love and uh, then decided that they would get married. So they got married, and uh, they enjoyed the party life. They enjoyed the party scene. They enjoyed everything the world had to offer. Um, But then they moved into a community. They moved into a community as a newlywed couple, and and there, while in the community, hadn't realized that they moved into a Christian community. And as God would have it, the wife, Leslie, was befriended by a believer in the community. And as that relationship developed, Leslie saw the truth of God's love and converted her life to Jesus Christ. But when she got home, with all the excitement and all the news, she was ready to to share with her husband, Lee. When she shared it, there was no excitement in his face. There was no joy coming out of his heart. But rather, he was despondent. He was uh, upset. In fact, he was rejecting it because to his statement in his biography, he said, I never thought I would be married to a Christian. 
See, before this time, Sonia, they, they ridiculed the church. They, they made fun of the church. They, they mocked Christians and thought that this Jesus thing was all a figment of their people's imaginations. But then Jesus got a hold of her, transformed her life. Her husband began to see it, and, and he figured he knew how he would be able to come against this conversion. He, being an investigative journalist in Chicago, had some tactics and means and resources, and he used those resources because he thought that he was going to go out and disprove that Jesus was real. As God would have it, the more he dug, the more he discovered. And the more he dug, the more he discovered. That after his his two-year journey of trying to disprove Jesus, he fell in love with Jesus. Uh, it started because somebody in the community loved the community and his wife, Leslie, enough to tell her about Jesus. And now both of them have lives are transformed for Jesus. Don't miss this. He started coming to Jesus the wrong way, but he ended up finding the right answer. Uh, I hope you catch that because that's really the setting of our text. For in the setting of our text, we have this young man. He's noted as a lawyer. He's actually a part of the sect of the Pharisees. And look at how he comes to Jesus. For the text says that he comes to Jesus uh, the wrong way. How do we know that? Because it opens up and says he came to Jesus trying to test him, trying to trap him, trying to catch him off guard because the other sect, the Sadducees, had tried, but Jesus in his wisdom silenced them. They couldn't come anymore. And yet now the Pharisees are trying, and here this young man steps up to the plate, and he asks Jesus this question, this question that would probably stump most people because he asks Jesus, which, what is the great commandment? It's right there in your text in Matthew chapter 22. He asked them, what is the great commandment in a context where there were over 600 commandments uh, that they have studied from the Torah and from the Old Testament scripture, and they wanted to know from Jesus, well, tell us of all 600, what's the great commandment? And look at Jesus. Jesus, knowing that he came to him the wrong way, still had compassion upon him to give him the right answer. And he says... You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Say to God, I want you to check check this out. If we are going to be who God has called and commissioned us to be as a church, as believers, we must recognize, you must recognize that God loves you. I'm going to work this. I want you to see this because some of us forget this. God loves you. We know that God loves you because God has given you life. God has preserved your life. God has allowed to and provided for your life that you can have the greatest opportunity of your life. Hold on. What's the greatest opportunity, Melissa? The greatest opportunity is to, one, understand and know the love of God for your life. This is important because 1 John 4 and 8 tells us that anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And if we're going to love, we must recognize the love that God has for you and I. 1 John 4, 9 through 10, the word of God says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God 
sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Look at love personified. For not only did God bless you with life, not only has God preserved your life, even when you put your life in some dangerous places. I know I'm not the only one in here that's found themselves in some precarious predicaments because of the decisions that we've made. God has preserved your life even when you weren't looking out for your life. And God has kept your life so that you might be able to realize that he is the God who gives eternal life through Jesus Christ. Man, I hope we understand what love is. Love is seen in Jesus Christ, that God loved you so much that even when you didn't love him, you didn't like him, didn't want anything to do with him, God was still faithful to protect and provide for you. That's why you're still here. That's why we are here today, not because we've been so good, because God has been so good to us. Yeah, if we're going to be a church that is loving our community, first we must, we must recognize God's love for us. Secondly, when you recognize it, when you come to know of God's love, you must respond. Respond correctly by com- completely loving God. That's how Jesus starts it. He says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all. Somebody say all. all. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is not an attempt to, to make a trichotomy of you, but rather what God is, Christ is saying here is that you shall love God. The, the proper response to the goodness and grace of God through Jesus Christ is to give God, to trust God with your all. I want you to understand something. When you see how much God has loved you, maybe we don't think back far enough to realize just how much God loves us. But when you really think back about how much God loves you, then you can respond by giving God your all because he came to show us his love. This this young man, he came to Jesus the wrong way, but he loved having the right answer. And the right answer is that as Jesus declared it, that you ought to know the truth. Notice, he came to Jesus wrong, but Jesus still was loving enough to tell him the truth. He didn't water it down. He didn't compromise it. He told him what the word of God says. The Shemada says, if you want to, to, to make it in the glory, if you want to make it to heaven, if you want to fulfill all the commandments that are in the word of God, it starts with your love for and when you respond to that love, you too, you, you, you speak the truth. You, you live the truth. Because the proper response to demonstrate that you love God, not that casual, um, no, no depth kind of surface expression of, oh, I love God. Do you love God? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> not, not, not just... A simple expression, but it's to understand that when you love God, the, the, what we primary things we must do is we must believe that he is. We must trust that he knows what's best for our lives. And we must turn from those things in our lives that do not honor and reflect and glorify his name. Amen. Yeah, we must, we must turn and repent. Why? Because there's nothing like the love of God. 
In fact, Romans 8.38 says, For I am sure, I am persuaded, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation, look at his love, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. God loves you. And the right response is for you to learn to love God. So as a church, we are a body of Christ who who are loved by God. And our response should be to honor and obey God to the degree that God is using us as his instruments to make a positive impact in the community that he placed us in. So here's a question to consider. If we champion forest. If, if we disappeared tomorrow, would anyone, would anyone in our community even know? Would they care? Would they miss us? Hmm. If we do what God is calling us to do, we make the kind of impact that the community and the world will know because we will be able to love them. For we must recognize God's love for you. You must respond by completing, completely loving God. And thirdly, if we're going to love our community, we must realize that loving God means loving others. Uh, I'm still in the text. But notice what 1 John 4, 11 through 12 declares. It says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. So you can only love with God's love when you have love for God. With love for God, Your love is linked to his love. And you are able to love. It's going to get rough right here. You're able to love. You are enabled to love anybody and everybody. You're able to love the lovable, the least, and the left out. You're able to love the Republican, the Democrat, the Libertarian, the Conservativeness, the Green Party. You're able to love the Rainbow Party. You're able to love. I said when your heart is linked to God's heart, you are able to love as God loves you. I'm in the text. Because the same word God uses, Christ uses for love here when he says you ought to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind is agape. The same word that 1 John uses when he says God is love is agape. This is the love of God. Don't miss this now because God says now that if you are his child and been given link to his love, then his love abides in you, which means we have no excuse but to love those God has positioned us as a community to love. We are to love Everybody. Somebody say everybody. everybody. I, I see. I see. It gets rough right here because, you know, we want to say it just plain. Oh, I love everybody. No, you don't. 
Because when we look at the depths of our heart, there's still some areas in our lives that need to be surrendered to the love of God so we would be willing and surrender to the love of God to love everybody. That means people who don't look like you, don't think like you, don't dress like you, don't live like you. You ought to be able to love them because when we didn't think like God, dress like, dress like God, he wanted us to dress, or even look any, any way godly, God still loved us and he came in Jesus Christ to demonstrate that love toward us so now the body of Christ ought to have that same same love toward everybody. I, I know, I know. Some, some of us right now are saying, yeah, that's preacher talk. I understand, but you don't know the problems I have with some people because you don't understand the pain that some people have put me through. I hear you. I, I, I see you. I, I know. You don't know how, how they hated on me. You don't know how they backstabbed me. You don't know how they rejected me. You don't know how they criticized me. You don't know how they talked about my mama. And you telling me to love them? Love the one who walked out on me when my kids were, were here. Love the one who wouldn't love me. You're telling me to love them? God, I can't do that. I keep remembering and repeating in my mind what, what happened, when it happened, the day it happened, who it happened with. I know all of them. I see them. In fact, I unfriended all of them on my And yet he says you ought to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Listen, let me, let me be real with you. If you're trying to accomplish this commandment on your own means, with your own ability, you cannot do it. Oh, it's going to get rough here. Um, you know, not long ago, my, my son and I, we, um, well, 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 he wanted to, to build his credit. He wanted to build his credit. And so, um, so, so he went to the financial institution, uh, the bank that we, we deal with, and, and he walked in because he, you know, when they get that age, they, they want to be grown. And so he, he wanted to, he want to build his credit. And so he walks in and, and he goes to the, the teller, he goes to the, the, the advisor, and, and he says, uh, I'm here because... I know I need to build my credit. So the man looked at him, ran his information, and he said, it looks like you don't have any credit. Um, he said, well, well son, uh, we can then start you off with this credit limit. No, you're not understanding. He, he, we start you off with this <laughs> credit limit. He looked at it, and he said, Man, I go to school all the way in North Texas. I can't even make it to school on something like that. <laughs> he then, the county said, he said, wait a minute. Is that your, that's your father? Son said, yeah, 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 yeah. He said, well, well maybe I have a solution. This, uh, the real talk, this is what he said. Maybe I have a solution. He said, sir. How's your credit? I said, it's good. It's better than his. <laughs> he said, well, let me do something. And he, he, he put my name in the system and began to work it out and do the numbers. And then he said, mm, if you link your son to your account, your son will get your credit. Mm -hmm. And your credit is much larger than 
his credit. You're not with me just yet here. But some of us, we've been trying to love using our own love credit. And so when we try to love, it's only, it's only temporary. It's only fictional. We, we think it's love. It, it starts out beautiful, then it turns out broken. And, and it starts out, starts out wonderful, and all of a sudden it turns, turns out weariness. It, it starts out dressed like love. But when it woke up in the morning, it looked just like lust. It, 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 it started out the best friendship. But when we were trying to do it on our own, it transformed into unforgiveness, bitterness, rage, because our love credit is just too small. But when you link your heart to God's heart, then you're not operating on your credit. No, no, you're just operating on his credit, and his credit is inexhaustible. It's limitless, which means by his credit, by his love credit, I can say, though you slay me, God, I'm going to trust you by his credit. I can look at those who are crucifying me and saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. By his credit, I can say, because he forgives me. He knows me. He sees me and he forgives me, then I too have the credit with him to forgive whoever tries to harm me. I'm still in text, y'all. He says, says, and you ought to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's realizing loving God means loving others. So how do I commit to it? How do I commit to loving others? My community, how do we commit as champion forest to loving our community? Well, first thing we ought to learn to do ah, is pray for our community. Yeah, we ought, to, we ought to pray for our community. Look, look, look what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 43 and 5 says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Look at it. So that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. If we're going to love our community, we have to learn how to pray for our community. Now, that means you have to see your community. That means you can't just ignore what's happening in the community or act like just because it doesn't affect me, then I ought not pray about it. No, if we're going to be a blessing, if we're going to truly love the community, we got to pray for the community that we're in. Wait a minute, Pastor, who's my community? The community you go to school with. The community you go to work with, the community that you live among, the community that you shop with, the community that you see all around you, that we ought not be, we ought not be partial with our love because the body of Christ have received the love of God, which means we ought to love impartially. Well, I knew it was going to get quiet right there, but it's all right. I'm going to just tell you. Uh, we are to commit by praying for our community. We also ought to commit by being willing to forgive all who are in our community. Mm. We ought to be willing to look, and as we see them, we ought to see ourselves as once being just like them. And so sinners do what sinners do. 
game. Okay, all right. They, they sin. In fact, the Bible says we're not all, we, all of us are in that camp because it says all have sin and fallen short of the glory of God. So, so we ought to learn to forgive. Forgive that person who hurt you. Forgive the group of people who you don't identify with. Forgive them who offended you just as God in Christ has forgiven you. And thirdly, I'll include this, we ought to, we have to be willing to, to serve. We have to be willing to serve our community. Because when God blesses us, he blesses us to be a blessing to the community. Don't, don't miss this, because God has purposely placed you where he's placed you for a purpose. Oh, you, you missed it already. Uh, remember, his love abides in you. His love abides in you and I. And when God places you somewhere, he places you there for a purpose so that his love might flow through you to those who don't know about his love so that they too can fall in love with the God that you love because we are called to love. So when this Christ answers this particular question at least three times in the four Gospels that we, we see it and in Luke 10, he, he also answers the question, but then there was, there was another lawyer who wanted to um, justify himself. So when Jesus said, uh, love your neighbor as you love yourself, he turned that question, well, who is my neighbor? <laughs> to that, Jesus responded with the parable. Something like this, he said, a man was traveling from Jerusalem, the holy city, the city of worship, He's traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. While he's on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho, he got jacked. He got snuck. He got jumped. He, oh, oh, I'm adult, so um, yeah. He was robbed. He was beaten. He was left half dead. And guess what? Um, a holy man, a, a preacher, a priest, came down the road, probably just from preaching in Jerusalem and was walking down that Jericho road that is a pretty dangerous road. And, and, and as I get carried away in my imagination sometimes, I, I think about that preacher um, and the Bible says the priest, he, he, he saw, but then he walked on the other side. I figured in this context that means then he must have had a flip phone. And perhaps he was just talking away. But then it says there's a Levite. We'll say the Levite, uh, like the, wor the, the pastor, worship pastor, and, 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 and he, he's coming from worship too. And he saw the man, but he must have had a smartphone because the Bible says he walked over to the man. And you know how we do. Because <laughs> unfortunately, we are now in a culture of investigating instead of interceding. Unfortunately, right now, we're in a culture that everything is caught on video like entertainment. And no one is stepping into the fire to help rescue those who are going through what they're going through. But as a church who loves the community, we're not there to spectate. We're there to make a difference and impact in the community. And as a church, we go into the community with the love that God has given us, that we tell people the truth. We receive them in love, which means no matter where they're coming from, we're receiving them and we're telling them what God's love really means. It doesn't mean that God accepts everything you do. It means God loves you enough to welcome you and loves you enough to transform you so you can look more like him. Uh, we got to get out of here. Um, 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 he, you know, um, 
Then, 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 there was a Samaritan. He, 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 he came from the side of the tracks where, where people don't look at you twice. He, he, he came from the place where when he goes shopping, everybody watching him. He, he came from a place where, where he was always seen to be the criminal uh, before he was ever, in fact, he was proven guilty before he was ever innocent. He was a Samaritan. And he's walking from Jerusalem down that Jericho Road, and he, he sees the man. This context, a man who's a different culture from him. He's of a prestige class, and he sees the man, and the Bible says he had compassion upon him. He went to where he was and began to dress his wounds, providing aid to the man, and then brought him to the, the next urgent care, dropped him off and said, put his expenses on my tab. And then Jesus, he says, now who do you think was a neighbor to that man? You know, it was Dr. King who said to the church, to believers, the night when he preached, he said, we have before us the glorious opportunity to inject a new dimension of love into the veins of our civilization. And when he preached from this text, he said that the first question that the Levite asked was, and the priest asked was, if I stop and help this man, what will happen to me? But then he says the good Samaritan came by and he reversed the question. If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to me? Jesus said, you ought to, you shall, you must, it's an imperative, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. So let's stop asking who is my neighbor and start asking who can I be a neighbor to? You know, there's many things and many reasons and many excuses that we use to justify why we aren't neighborly or more neighborly. Number one reason is, is fear. We're so inundated with media images of extreme stereotypes of each other that we have cultivated in our minds this false sense of fear to the degree that we are not willing to trust others because of what they might do to us. And so we, we try to live isolated lives. We leave church, we, we go into the mission field, but then we, we drive and pass everybody up along the way. We don't even talk to people in church. We just, I got my word, I hope you got yours. tell ourselves, I don't want to be in life group because, you know, I don't like hanging around people. When really, that, that fear, that, that fear is a trick from the enemy. See, Satan wants you to be succumbed by a, a superficial, unsubstantiated fear. So he tells you to employ fear 
when you have an opportunity to be a blessing. But in other contexts, you don't fear. You don't fear when you go to the crowd to attend a football game. You don't fear when you go work out at your local exercise place. You don't fear when you go in a movie theater and all the lights go down and you're sitting right next to somebody you don't know. You don't fear when you go to the grocery store and you park your car and you go into the grocery store down the aisle with people you don't know. So then why would we allow Satan to stop us from being a blessing to people we don't know so that they can know the love that we know and the love that's in Christ Jesus? Okay, I got to go. Let me, let me, I want you to read with me 1 John 4. I want you to read it slowly. I want you to really, really see what God's word says. 1 John 4, 16, 18, and 19. His word says, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. And I'm praying that you believe that and you've come to believe that and you're going to respond in a moment for that. He says, God is love. And whoever abides in love, well, they abide in God. And God abides in him. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because God, he first loved us. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. What is the greatest commandment? Christ said to love the Lord your God with all, all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. He said, in second, it's just like it. You love your neighbor. Church, you love your community. Everybody that's in it. As you love yourself. And upon these two, Rest all the laws and the prophets. And it's found in your love. Just stand all over the building. Because Christ is calling us to know his love, to recognize the love of God through Christ Jesus. Which means you may have felt like no one loved you. But I'm here to tell you on this morning, God loves you. You may have felt rejected by others, but God and God's church are willing to receive you. So if that's you, you want to know more about God's love, you want to receive his love, you want to be a part of his body, you want to be a part of his family, then I invite you to say yes to him right now. 
I invite you to come down these aisles and say yes to him. Don't let anybody stop you. Don't let anything stop you. You just come and say yes to him. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.